Hello and welcome back to Users First. I'm Alessio Ferracuti, UX designer and podcasters, and today I'm joined by Joe Cahill, Service Design Manager at Ukwork, with over 20 years of experience in product design. Yeah, he's the man. And today our topic focuses on how to work with recruiters to land your first position in UX. And before we dive into the episode, I want to remind you to support my podcast in becoming self-sustainable so I can keep on inviting more experienced guests like Joe to give you tips on how to succeed in your career. Additionally, if you want to build a network of designers, discover job opportunities, get portfolio reviews and participate to UX quizzes, join our Discord channel, it's free, and whoever wins the most quizzes, they get prizes and gifts. I need your help in building a community and this month, I'm even sending a gift to the first 50 members that join the server. It's free and you can access it from my website, usersfirstpodcast.com. Before we jump into the episode, a little bit about Joe. He's working right now as a service design manager at Yunkwork, and he's also recently been a speaker for one of the ADP list event, events on the fundamentals of UX and UI. So make sure to go on the ADP list website and go check out this event. He was also the guest for the Zero to UX YouTube channel. Big shout out to Kevin, by the way, he's making awesome content on how to become um, a UX researcher. And today, Joe, he's coming to the podcast to tell us how you can land your first role in UX with the help of recruiters. Thanks for joining us today, Joe. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. This is fantastic. I got to join that Discord channel now, now that I hear that. <laughs> oh, that, I, I sold you a Discord channel now. <laughs> Beautiful, oh, I, man. I, 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 love, I love that this is a part of it. This is that whole thing, jumping right in. You know, Discord is, an, is just another way for our community to grow, right? Our design community to support each other and to give everybody from people who are starting out to veterans to uh, people who are still unsure about getting into UX, a place to just do research and like share ideas and get feedback, which is awesome. A hundred percent. And there is so many communities out there, not just mine, where people are sharing job opportunities. Yep. Uh, they're sharing their ideas on UX. And uh, like Joe mentioned, you know, if you're not sure a hundred percent if UX is for you, then you can you can go to these channels and ask people uh, what they think about their role, what they do, what are the responsibilities. And, and uh, you know, just by chatting with people, you can get a lot out of them. Yeah. And especially one of the things that even you mentioned at the top, one of the... Uh, organizations I'm a part of and we do some great events with is ADP list you know it's a mentoring service that's not something that I had early on in my career having having like hundreds of thousands of mentors like at my fingertips so uh you know also if you're if you're looking to start or you're looking to get insights like reach out to mentors it's uh we're all we're all here just to make sure that this community is growing in such a positive way yeah, very positive way and very fortunate times to begin in UX design. 2022, the demand for UX designer has been huge with the technology and the, the, the remote working and, and the quarantines. People are stuck at home and they just need to make, we just need better products. We need more UX designers. Yeah, 100%. It's from, even if you look at how Zoom just exploded and to be fair, like their UI and UX isn't terribly complicated. Like I'm sure there's probably a whole backlog of features and uh, ideas that that team's working on to kind of continue to make us connect with each other over uh, over instances, of, you know, all over the world, which is just incredible. 
And yeah, more, yeah. the more UX designers that are out there, the more ideas we get. And uh, definitely going to be fun to see what the future holds us. It is, it is. And the, the future will hold a lot of things. A lot of new tools are coming out. Uh, Figma has been making huge upgrades on their, on their latest features. Um, the, the interactions are just becoming wonderful. Miro as well. Uh, the, the, the online co- collaboration of Miro is becoming massive. And you can, it's, it's been proven that it's, it's more productive to work at home nowadays than actually in the office. Oh, definitely. It's, it's been so crazy, especially as how Sketch has been such an industry standard and their Sketch Cloud uh, platform like took a little while longer to develop while Figma was just like standing there for free out of all things too, saying like, hey, you and like three friends can build products together. And uh, now even with FigJam and their, their Miro clone, you know, they built in cool little, using the plugin community that they already have to build fun collaboration tools. One of the things that I uh, did recently with uh, hosting a new client was put in, they have like a Polaroid selfie camera in FigJam that you can like click on and then it'll take a, a picture of you and then you like post it on like a wall. So like you getting it, using it as a getting to know you thing that like normally would do in person. Now we find the way to get it done remotely and still give us a little personality. I warned everybody, by the way, that they need to look somewhat presentable because we were going to be on camera all day. So I didn't want any of those people being like, no, I don't look good. No, <laughs> look good from the waist up because we all know that everybody's wearing sweatpants. <laughs> yes, that's true. Everybody does. So Joe, why don't you give us a quick rundown of what people uh, can learn about the landscape of landing their first role in UX. So it sounds funny because it always it sounds like a, like a children's book. So you want to be a UX designer. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a UX researcher. How do you start? Um, so one of the, the coolest parts that uh, a lot of people have been taking advantage of, especially during the pandemic, are the boot camps. And uh, for me personally, I've been hearing people come from all different walks of industry, and experience into UX. And as they are finishing up their boot camps, getting their portfolios together, getting their case studies tight, getting their resume all set up, they start going on that job hunt, which you're gonna hear me say it a lot of times, the job hunt is probably one of the most emotionally crushing <laughs> things you could ever do. Um, that's why like having tools uh, like our community, like Discord and Slack, but also using uh, recruiting teams in a correct way and working with them to help you find a role because they're just a key element to like also helping you like tighten up your presentation and because they're the one talking to the to the overall client which is the hiring manager and um, making sure that all that information is ready to go so you know there are those key pieces up front like how, getting your portfolio together. To be fair, dread putting my portfolio together constantly. 23 years have always been like, oh, man, I got to do that. I'll do it tomorrow. Or I'll start like laying out the framework for it. And I'm like, maybe I'll do more tomorrow. Tomorrow comes and then tomorrow's the next day and the next day. And it's because it it is a big process. And one of the things that sometimes you got to remember is it's never going to be perfect. You know? Table stakes, make sure all the spelling's correct. Make sure you got all the general information on there. Um, and make sure your projects are exactly where people need to get to. 
in the bigger picture, you're going to be working on this forever. I always refer to it as like your portfolio, your websites, like your house. Like it's never going to stay the same. It's always going to grow with trends. You're always going to try something new. Right now it's super minimal and hi, I'm Joe. I'm a UX designer. Like uh, back in the day, it was more about the business end where it was like talking right out the gate about like your work and like your initiatives. And I'm like, that's so far, so far removed from where we are now. We're so much warmer in our presentation. Um, it is. Yeah. It is. And it's, uh, and, and getting it all together is that first step of getting on that job hunt. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I relate a lot with what you said. I also feel that doing the, doing the portfolio is so hard every time, every time you feel like you have to change something, you have to, um, you have to keep it up to date and, and just the thought of doing it it's massively disrupting oh my gosh yeah but and even like, from like the from my entire career previously it was just photos like it was just i just had to show <laughs> an ad or show a website oh, like was so easy. just the static ones no explanation it was that was just like a little label in the corner you're set to go now we have to go in full-on like uh, explanations of our process and how much we did and our contribution and how it went and what went wrong and which is great because it helps us start that storytelling narrative that we're going to have to use throughout this career mm -hmm. up front and, and related to that <laughs> yeah i can i can imagine it must have been so hard um to make this transition from like showing photos to now having to give full explanations of what you're doing and when when you're working with recruiters how do you how do you explain a recruiter like what the process is because a recruiter sometimes is a person that doesn't have any technical experience how do you so do I will, I'll, I'll give recruiters a little bit of credit now um ux is huge right so uh it's probably most of their jobs that they're coming in a lot of them have been putting in the work to learn ux learn uh what to expect what we should be doing how we should be presenting it because when they talk to their clients uh, there's nothing worse for a recruiter than having to give more than like two or three candidates because they don't, once they start doing that, then it's like any other, any other type of service. Like if you go to a restaurant and they bring you the meal and it's the wrong meal, how many times are you going to really be like, yo, I ordered like chicken palm. You keep bringing me shrimp. I don't know what's going on. Like I want chicken palm. Like it, that's the same thing with recruiters. Like they have a, a very small window to get it right. So, um, so when they, so they're starting to learn if you deal with them, that most of them don't know, <laughs> always be super. And this is, again, this goes back to what your job's going to be. Be super prescriptive about your process. Talk about it. Like you're talking to your parents about it because much like everybody else, most parents don't know much about UX and we can explain it a thousand times and they'll still never get it. Um, but if you have that way of doing it and you have that easily digestible way of talking about your process from start to finish, they're going to get an idea. And that's what they're looking for too. Because when they talk to their client, they'll be like, Oh my God, they're so eloquent or they're so well-spoken when it comes around, comes to uh, this work. It'll just, it always pays off dividends. 
Yeah, I like what you said. Um, it's very it's very good to keep in mind that when you're speaking to uh, recruiters, you have to have empathy. You have to remember that these are people that are working 24-7, trying to make a living. And unfortunately, they might not always remember your name or they might not always remember exactly what your role is. So uh, be patient with them and explain simply to them things in a well-spoken manner um, it would also be a very good occasion for you to practice your public speaking skills for your interview. Because your interview, you're going to be in front of other people and you have to be very concise, descriptive and well-spoken. So speaking to the recruiter could be a very good practice for you. Oh, 100%. And I think you, you hit it on the head when you said uh, leading with empathy. Like, that's 100% what we should be doing anyway as like people in UX, but even more so people who are essentially helping us get a job like you, you should just it sounds like it should be defaulted that way but sometimes we uh we forget because we're stressed about the job we hear that they need somebody right away and then we don't hear from a recruiter for a couple of days like then you automatically go tail spinning and you're like oh my god why aren't they responding to me like you have mm-hmm. to remember that they have a job on their end that they're doing and much like you'll learn throughout your career, like clients aren't the always the most receptive people. I'm not going to take a little <laughs> bit of time, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, just leading with empathy, and you know, also when you work with them, you know, one of the biggest things that I've always done in my career, and this is why most of my friends are recruiters. A very simple question when you start a conversation with them is, "How are you? How are you doing? Like, what's new? Like, make small talk because." You, it helps them get to know who you are, helps you get to know who they are. You know, there's nothing worse than like getting all like in your head about not hearing back from somebody and then finding out like they had some kind of like tragedy or crisis at home. And you're like, that's makes you feel really shitty inside because you're like, oh, I'm worried about something that's yes. in my world, but I don't know what's going on in there. So, uh, very good point. Yeah, there. Nice people. yeah, very good point. I also like to add something to that. Uh, this. I've heard from someone uh, recently, from some from someone very introvert uh, uh, recently, that uh, they don't really like small talks uh, because it makes them uh, it makes them very um, how, do you, how would you say that it makes them very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But it is it is very unfortunate to say, but in a in a world where we are forced to socialize, small talks are very important. Because mm-hmm. it's a way to kind of warm up the other person to the way you want to influence them too. So whenever you are going to make a point or you're going to explain your design process or whatever other things you're going to be doing, those people are more likely to be influenced by, by what you're going to say. And obviously, oh, like Joe mentioned, you have to be well-spoken. Yeah. Um, part of our job is conducting interviews is doing stakeholder interviews or user interviews or user testing. And all of these things involve us in some instances coming out of our comfort zone, you know, like uh, even for me going into interviewing stakeholders and, and users and stuff, taking myself out of the sell, sell, sell mode and just going into a place of like, okay, my job is just to ask them questions and then help them down a rabbit hole if I have to follow them. But don't be like, why don't you like this part of the app? Why don't you think this navigation works? I worked really hard on this navigation. Why don't you tell me? Like, <laughs> and you have to just take yourself out of it and just realize. And um, in some instances, like that type of mindset is so 
great to kind of shift in and out of. You know, if you are an introvert, people go like, oh, maybe this isn't for me because I should. I like I don't feel comfortable talking in front of people. It makes me super anxious. It's it's finding that medium of, you know, how this job works for you if you want to do it. I think one of my favorite things I tell my young designers is, listen, somehow I get away from cursing and saying crazy shit in meetings. And that's works for me somehow. I don't know how it happens. It just happens. But it <laughs> doesn't mean you should do that. Like you should find your own way to make a point or, or find your strength or find your voice. Maybe my voice works for you, but <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the accent makes it a little more, a little easier. Oh, I love it. That. I, lo I love the point that you brought up. Find your strength. I'm writing that down because I'm going to be sharing with the, uh, with the community on my Discord server tonight. Find your strength, no matter what yeah. it is. And, um, and that also goes back to like how you pitch yourself to a job. You know, like the most important feature that we can present to a potential job offer or potential hiring manager is being authentically ourselves, right? Like mm. if you put up a front and you put up a, like a fake kind of like persona, hey, we're going to see right through it. Goes without saying, we've been doing this for a while. We know, we know bullshit when we smell it, but also it helps us know who's going to be by our side every day. You know, if you're a younger designer and you're just getting started in this, like letting us uh, know that you want to learn more about like maybe going into interviewing or more about UX design and interaction design or UI design, like telling us what your key focus is for your future. It's, it's great. Like, we'd love to hear that. I don't want to hear somebody be just yes, man, me to death into a, mm -hmm. in an interview because then I'm not going to get anything out of it. I'm not going to know what we're going to do with you. That's a very good point that you're bringing up there, and I'm going to stop you to the ramification because I want to um, I want to keep on going with the with the episode uh, oh, title yeah. uh, related to the <laughs> related to <laughs> lending your first role. Uh, but I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to add to what you said that uh, it, it is so important and be critical, be a critical thinker in this job is is the most important thing. Always ask why and never be a yes man you have to be a no man and you have yeah. to ask why now uh, going back to the to land your first role uh joe uh, <laughs> when <laughs> i love these ramifications by the way they can take you anywhere anywhere this is anywhere. this is the best part about doing user research because if you can start a conversation we'll end up somewhere else you know, i love playing the game how did we get here <laughs> we're talking about an alpaca farm in pennsylvania i don't know it just happened um <laughs> but yeah like Getting your first role is such an important part of that first step. Yeah, and uh, when when you're dealing with recruiters, um, like what kind of ground rules should you set? Um, like for example, you know, if they're going to ask you, you know, your expectations and, uh, you know, what you're what you're expecting from the company, uh, what should you tell them? And you know, should you should be honest about about what you're expecting? Oh, two hundred percent honest. Uh, like, wait, okay. I'm going to say with a disclaimer, don't be crazy honest, but be honest enough that like, you're not going to put yourself in a position that you will regret um, when it comes to position, when it comes to money, when it comes to like benefits and PTO and all that stuff, like be upfront about it. Like I've dealt with so many recruiters that within the first uh, 10 minutes of the conversation, I'll be like, listen, this role sounds really good. What's the comp? 
because I don't want to waste any more of your time. I don't always waste any more of my time. And then we talk about it and I'm like, yeah, it's really not where I'm sitting from like a range perspective. And it helps them out because that we could end up having like another half hour conversation or if you know me, two hour conversation about nothing. And then all of a sudden we'll be like, oh, well, that's just a wash for both of us. So uh, be, be very, very honest about that um, and know your market value. Uh, check it out. There's tons of resources online. All the community, you know, like in New York, know how much a junior designer makes. So if somebody offers you $30,000 less, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that's not, that's not what, I'm, what I'm going for. To be honest, I spent a lot of my career saying yes to salaries that I didn't technically weren't comfortable with because I just needed the job. And was it the best idea? Yeah, because I still got great experience out of it. And, you know, I met some great people while I worked there. And some of them I've carried on with for many, many years working with them. But, you know, if you don't, if you don't like it, then there's no shame in also looking elsewhere or being open with the recruiter being like, listen, this comp makes me like, I'm not really okay with it. It's like, is there any wiggle, wiggle room? Like, that's the best thing also. Feel free to negotiate. Like the only thing they could say is no. And if they say no, then you say like, all right, uh, I, can, I feel comfortable enough with that number that I'll, for my first job or second job, like I'll take it. Yeah. But don't go crazy and be like, you know, I always used to joke around with them like, oh, so how much, how much uh, are you looking for, for salary? And I'll be like, tell me what the budget is. And they're like, oh, but like, we really want to know what your, what, you, what your expectation is. I'm like, oh, like four or 500 grand a year, you know, typical stuff. And they just laugh. And then I'm like, no, no, seriously, just tell me the budget. Because then we can know that if this is, if I'm even in the range of the budget, because also you can, in your early jobs, you can say a number and then find out that there was like more money on the table. (laughs) And that's the shitty ass feeling too. It is. That's why you have to know your market value, because then you can, you can probably negotiate that. Yeah. Like what I would do in a negotiation is actually go slightly higher. Than my market value, yeah. Because like, what's like, look, worst case, they're gonna pay me my market value. So yeah, and like, help, like, like we said, all they can say is no, and then they'll be like, no, this is what they're looking for, and then it's up to you to say, all right, cool, let's do it. You know, yeah. And also, about, I'm, I'm also notorious for taking jobs based off of how I feel about a company. Like, if the money is imperfect, but like the team seems really nice and. The culture is really great, and the the my path would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's going to pay off in the long term, you know. Like I think there's always those incidentals too. So, so besides besides the money, you would say that uh, for for a UX designer just starting out, it would also be important to to have a strong culture within the company that they're going to oh, be yeah. working in, and also the the role they they will be doing. Oh, hundred percent, especially when you're starting out, like. Having a good leader is a key. Like, and I, I constantly say this, uh, that the generation of leaders that are currently in power, which sounds like a weird thing, that are currently leading design teams now, um, <laughs> sounded a little maniacal. <laughs> we're, um, we're all people that had shitty leaders. We're all people that have struggled with looking for somebody to guide us the right way. So when we finally got to take control over a team and build a team ourselves. It's all about 
making sure that like, uh, like attaining for the sins of the past, like we're not going to make, we're going to make sure that you don't have a shitty experience that you're going to have something that feels like home, you know, uh, to unfortunately quote, uh, uh, I'm using air quotes, an Italian restaurant chain, uh, like Olive Garden, when you hear your family, right? So like when you hire people, you want them to come in and feel like they're a part of something bigger. So as a first, as a, as a first role or an early on role, like look for that in a place because that's only just going to benefit you long run. Yeah. You have to be, you have to feel like a valuable, uh, team member and uh-huh. yeah, you have, you have quite a, quite a bit of experience in, uh, in leadership because that's, uh, that's mainly what you do, right? You actually overlook the, the strategy and the vision of the, of the UX department. So, uh, oh, yeah. from, a, from a design manager perspective, you know how important it is for UX team members to, to be, to be a part of the big mission. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to come in and, you know, if you're new to this industry, we know your job is to learn. Like we're not anticipating you coming out the gate, building crazy ass components in Figma and leading a workshop on, uh, on, on an empathy mapping. We're knowing that you're there to kind of learn and, and, uh, gather as much information as possible. And within six months, start taking on responsibility of yourself. And then after a year, really start owning features on your own. Um, that's my general roadmap. Sometimes uh, results may vary depending on the person. Uh, some are faster, some are a little slower, but it's all your, about your pace. As long as you're still contributing to the team and uh, getting stuff going, like there's the beautiful thing. And going back to working with a recruiter, like that's what, recruiters are looking for too because when they consult with us and they meet us and they say like hey what exactly are you looking for in a candidate we tell them like we don't and we don't really uh cut any corners and be like oh i'm looking for this type of person i'm looking for somebody who does a b and c i need somebody who does research i need somebody who will do user interviews that feel comfortable you know uh advocating for design advocating for users and you know i want them either a year or so out of school and go have that, go find them, please go find them. <laughs> a positive <laughs> attitude, like super energetic, like no surprise here at me. Like I'm always on the upswing of energy, but uh, that's the kind of person we want, you know? What happens, what happens if the recruiter comes that we're going to wrap up the episode very soon because uh, we're almost over the, the 30 minutes uh, time period. But what happens if the recruiter Uh, comes back to you with uh with a person that doesn't exactly fit the role but has a good 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 attitude so i'm somebody who doesn't i always look at a portfolio i think it's great i think what you guys put out there is awesome it's the second i talk to you that will make the decision on whether or not you're getting hired the way i look at it anybody can be inspired I stuff at Dribble using air quotes and stuff again because that's a big resource, but uh, and anybody can push pixels, but it's about the storytelling that comes with it that uh, really does uh, change you from like a like a possible candidate to like a solid candidate because that's what we, we like I said, we want you to grow, we want you to learn, and there's only one path through that. Right. So it's it's important for both the recruiters and and the managers to to be aligned with it with the needs of the company. I guess there is oh, yeah. there is no shortcuts around that. 
Perfect. That's uh that's some really solid advice, Joe, about about everything. So for the listeners who are looking to land their first role in UX with the help of you of recruiters as well, um, we would say that you know using communities like Slack and Discord to 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 build your network is important. Find your strength and be yourself. In, when you're looking for a job is very important. Be honest about what you're looking for. Be honest with recruiters. Know your market value. Always do your homework. This for anything in life, not just for negotiations. And last of all, be willing to negotiate. Learn how to negotiate. Know your market value. Get out there and, you know, be able to say no and counter offer. Yeah, somebody said also- advice, man. Yeah, and don't be afraid to reach out to recruiters. People think there's some kind of stigma around being, um, and again, using the term loosely, like being aggressive in the job market. Like if you see somebody who has a UX job and they're on LinkedIn or you see them on some kind of like media, you like reach out to them be like, hey, I'm Joe, I'm looking for a UX role. I have uh, X amount of experience. Um, and, you know, I'm really looking for a job like focusing around UX design possibly UI design because that's my skill set. You know, what's the worst that could happen? Hey, I got nothing now, but Mm -hmm. they may remember you. And I think that's also the key point of a lot of this with recruiters. And we said it before, being empathetic and being able to really be nice and friendly. And what ends up happening is down the line, they always come back looking for you. I get constant contacts from my recruiter friends, either saying, hey, do you know anybody that can fill this role? Hey, are you happy where you are? My favorite question. Um, (laughs) And also, uh, hey, you know, can you do me a favor? I'm having a hard time filling this role, which surprisingly still happens, even with this market the way it is. Can you share this out to your network? I got one today and I'm going to be reposting it later. It's, um, It's for a design job. And it's like, that's what we're for too. We're a conduit. Also, if you have somebody, if they get you a job, or you have a friend who's looking for a job, like pass them along. They love referrals. Everybody loves fucking referrals. It's the best thing in the world. It's great to get. And it's also great to get your friends set up, right? Like this is, that's what we have each other. We got each other's back in all this. It is. That that was a, that was a perfect way to wrap it up. Uh, Help others and, you know, make sure they got your back as well. Yeah. Um, Joel, listeners wanted to get in touch with you. and you know, make follow up with your contact, with your Instagram, with your Twitter. What would be the best way to contact you? You can get me anywhere. I basically live on my phone, much to my girlfriend's chagrin, who could probably hear me from a mile away. Uh, but yeah, uh, hit me up on Instagram always because I'm always posting fun design stuff, posting my own work, and you know, sometimes my own struggles. LinkedIn, always sharing articles on LinkedIn. Um, and, and you also you know, do offer mentorship, right? You also do offer mentorship. mentorship. That was my last one at ADP list, uh, ADPlist.org. Just look for Joe Cahill. Uh, I think for some reason, unbeknownst to me, I'm on their featured mentors list right on the homepage. So you get to I see think my you are. Yeah. You're in the homepage, shiny, man. smiley face. Uh, yeah, my, for, my now forever headshot. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, Beautiful. I'm always around and book time and reach out and, you know, help each other and also before i go the last thing i gotta say the job the whole job thing is fucking terrifying and it, it'll beat you up so much emotionally be easy with yourself um don't put too much pressure on yourself i know it's crazy to say when you have to find a job 
but uh, just make sure that your mental health comes first and uh, you just really take it easy. This job, the job hunt is a very, like I said, emotionally draining and uh, will help affect your self-esteem. Imposter syndrome is going to happen a thousand times, but don't let it, don't let it take you off. Just keep grinding, head down and then smile. Yeah, like like Joe said, it's going to affect you emotionally. So make sure that you keep on grinding and and keep your confidence level up. Don't let anything let you down whatsoever. Uh, thanks again for being on the show, man. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> thanks again for being on the show. That was Joe Cahill, guys, and you know the science service manager at Ankwork. Make sure to go check his ADP list profile. Uh, I, I definitely would take on his mentorship. He's such an amazing person with lots of experience. You're not going to get another opportunity like this. And thanks again, man, for coming to the podcast. I'm truly, truly honored that you accepted this, this request <laughs> of coming here. This has been so much fun. You are amazing. Uh, and this show is great. And I'm, it's, on, it's, on my, uh, it's on my steady stream now. I'm going to be listening to it when I listen. I'm honored to hear that, man. And if you enjoyed this episode and learned something useful out of it and want to help me out in uh, reaching a larger community, you can also subscribe to the show, leave a review, and join our free Discord server where I post weekly UX quizzes, book recommendations, portfolio reviews, job postings, and much more. If you also want to help out even farther, help me pay off with this, uh, distributing expenses by joining our Patreon channel or even offer me a cup of coffee from the website. And oh man, if you did that... You, you have been an absolute legend and at least your name even on the website I love it also, <laughs> also we're giving away gifts uh, to the first 20 people to leave a review on the Apple podcast I'm not gonna reveal what the gift is but you're going to love it especially if you're a beginner and we're, li- we're also giving a gift to the first 50 people to join the, the, the Discord server thanks for listening again to Users First never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on the Apple podcast Spotify or wherever you're listening this to